welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and today has been such an exciting day in a networking thing called Potapalooza with podcasters, people who want to be podcast guests. I've done a lot of interviews. I've met some amazing people. I've learned a lot. For those of you who don't know, I'm an avid note taker and on my notebook is getting really full from today. It has been amazing. And we have the opportunity to visit now with Jackie in Minnesota. Oh, doesn't that sound like a caller thing? Jackie from Minnesota. Jackie, thanks for being here today. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you? And um, I can't wait to hear about your magical journey. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me today and accepting my request to be on your show. I love everything that you're about, and I think you'll find uh, that my journey uh, very much includes a spiritual shift. Uh, always been a spiritual person, but didn't really realize uh, that spirituality is beyond church, right? Uh, until later in my life. And so uh, I, I've been a natural helper and a, a natural doer all my life. Ever since I was a little girl, I loved following my mom around and helping her with her daycare kids and, you know, going to my great aunt and uncle's house so she could cut their hair and, you know, going grocery shopping with her and just all those things. And so ever since I was a little girl, I just loved to help. And I was very much like my mom, she and I were peas in a pod. Um, and, you know, throughout my school years, all the way through my twenties, you know, my first real career started in 1995 but, you know, all the way through, I was volunteering for projects. I was the person that was like, pick me, I'll help. And I just kind of, you know, did a lot and I was busy a lot and I was happy. And, and my favorite thing to do was to help people. And, um, and so I did that and, and just absolutely loved it. Selfishly doing things for others fed me, right. Is who I was. Everything was going along just fine until 2004 when my mom passed away. Now, mom and I were so much alike, but that said, we didn't really quote unquote need each other, right? We were both very independent. I was, sometimes she wanted me around more than I actually wanted to be around because I was off doing exactly what the kind of thing she was doing, right? And then when she passed away in 2004, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That was really, really super hard. Um, it wasn't until several years later that the real two by fours hit me over the head and um, it was when people started saying things to me like, you don't have to be like mom. My siblings were saying, stop being like mom. You're not mom. People at work, I was grow expanding my role in my company that, uh, as a family counselor and became a coordinator. And I was doing all these things. And my colleagues and, and the people I was supervising were saying things like, you're micromanaging us or get off our back or you're just, you're always in everything. Well, what I did, what I ended up doing is after mom's passing, 
I started doing things and just being, becoming busy for the sake of being busy so that I didn't have to pay attention to my grief. If you'd have told me that back in, you know, the early days of that, I would have said you were nuts, but that's truly what was happening. And so I was just taking on tasks. I was getting in people's business where I wasn't welcome. I was doing things, favors for people when they didn't ask, which, you know, could have been okay, uh, except it wasn't right. I became overbearing and just getting all up in other people's stuff. And they, they weren't asking me to. And then it got to the point where I was so busy that, you know, I was answering emails at one in the morning, trying to keep up. I was driving, you know, three to 500 miles a day, 3000 to 5,000 miles a month, just never around. And the job was changing uh, in the in-home family counseling job. We had a lot more rules and regulations and, you know, measurable goals on treatment plans. And I was hiring and I was firing and I was building teams and programs and all these things. And so not only was I busy physically, you know, hourly, I was busy in my head and I couldn't keep up and I couldn't give hundred percent anymore. And so one day in my home office, I'm typing away at an email, answering a phone call, frustrated employee, you know, dealing with this frustrated employee, hung up the phone with them. And I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then I heard tap, tap, tap on my windowsill. I ignored it. The window was behind me. And I was like, now, now in my office, I am facing my window. Let me tell you, I used to sit the (laughs) other way and the window was behind me. Now that window is on. Uh, but anyway, I hear this tap, tap, tap. I ignored it, heard it again. And then the third time I turned around to look and I saw a beautiful yellow goldfinch, the black mask, you know, uh, perched on my windowsill. We'd been in our home for 12 years at the, at that time in the country. I'd never seen a goldfinch. Maybe we had them just never noticed them. Right. And so I looked at this goldfinch and tears start pouring down my eyes. And it took, you know, flew in three circles and danced with its reflection on the windowsill and then flew off. And I just started crying. And I said, I know, mom, I know I need to do something else, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I was thinking the goldfinch was my mom, you know, and it'd been probably six years after she'd passed. Next day at work, I was at the main office an hour from my home. And I talked to my colleague, Pam, and I told Pam about the goldfinch visit. And she says, oh, Jackie, we got to look that up. This is exciting. And I said, look it up. (laughs) I'm like, look it up. Look, what's what's up with that? And she said, Oh, there's the goldfinch is sending you a message. It's coming to tell you something. So we look it up, and here it is: the goldfinch telling me if the goldfinch visits you, it's all about healthy family resolutions, finding your own voice, and listening to your song, creating your own song. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? I mean, like. It was, it was cool. It was super cool. And so, you know, thought about that the rest of my 300 mile day, my journey, but life went on status quo. And then I went to a leader cast conference because I was going to learn how to motivate my staff and, you know, (laughs) come away with all these great skills. And, and so I was at this leader cast conference and it was a simulcast. Uh, And during the intermission, there was a group of silhouette dancers, ages four to 16, dressed in full body leotards, dancing on the screen to the song called Hello World by Lady Antebellum. They were making shapes out of their bodies, like hearts and flowers and birds and words like faith and hope and love and believe. And it was beautiful. And I'd heard the song, but never in that same way. So I wasn't super familiar with the song. 
well, the tears are running down my face, you know, cause I'm miserable in my job, the job I had, I used to love. Right. And I'm in the middle of this conference room with 300 other business people. And here's me tears pouring down my face. And the host of the conference handed out a sheet of paper and she said, write down three goals that you hope to accomplish when you leave the conference today. So I wrote personal goal, professional goal. And the third goal I wrote is that when I'm brave enough, when I have the courage to leave my 20 year career, well, I guess it was 18 years at the time, I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to call it Hello World. And its mission is going to be awakening attachment. So long story short, I would say I started my company a year and a half later, I did leave the agency and I started my own company um, because of a song and a bird, <laughs> a goldfinch and a song. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Hey, so it was roughly six years after your mom passed away that you started your business. No, I started the business more. in 2013, okay. but when I started, it was about six years after she passed away that I start that I, I couldn't keep being so busy. I, I realized I was in trouble. This was not, I was keeping busy just to avoid the grief. And I was taking on tasks I should not have taken on. And I was, you know, doing things for people I should not have been doing. And, um, and it just caught up with me. So I needed to do some grieving, which I did. And, uh, and it still took another, what is that? Four years. I don't know. I thought there'd be no math. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, you don't have, you don't have to do math. I just somewhere in there, I kind of came, uh, bubbled up for me a little bit because, my parents died in 2008, oh, 12 days right. apart. Oh my goodness. And then fast forward, I found out, and, and now that I'm doing the math, it was right at six years later, at five years later, I found out I could retire or relocate. And it was six years later that I finally got to walk out the door. So uh, it's kind of interesting that six years after we lost our moms, which I was very yeah. close to my mom and I followed my mom around and I have a baking business because mom and I would cook all the time. Um, that like that six year market, like something happened, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. For me, it was right around 2010. And then I officially left uh, the agency. Uh, well, I started Hello World in 2013, got cold feet. So I stayed part time with the agency, left the coordinator role, uh, and then officially left them in 2015. But yeah, so I've had Hello World for eight years now. And then a couple of years ago, re kind of rebranding, started a program called No Problem Parenting. Um, my, my passion has always been, you know, helping kids. And I realized that one of the best ways I can do that is to help the parents so they can help their kids. So I help create the confident parent that your kids crave you to be. And that's oh my gosh. I love that. And although I am not a parent, I know a lot of people who could benefit from that because I'm the minority in this, you know, uh, world of not having any kids, but like what, it's really hard to quit being the doer. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that I need to be aware of or do differently to quit being that doer? Because I'm really working hard at that because I'm too quick to say yes. Oh, absolutely. And so one of the things that I always, I, I encourage people to do, this is something that I learned 
and everybody's going to be like, oh, come on, really? That's, that's too simple. Or I can't do that. Especially if you're a doer and you're a busy, you're a person that thrives off of being busy. You're not going to like this. So just I'm preparing you, right? Okay. Take a breath. And, everybody. Okay. Take a breath. Okay. We're and right. that's exactly what it is. It's to pause and breathe for six seconds. This works whether you're being super busy and you're overwhelmed and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't get it all done in a day. It works if you're angry or frustrated or irritable. You put your hand on your heart and your hand on your stomach. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, come on already. But that helps you physically push yourself back instead of like feeling like you got to move forward and get going. So you pause. You cannot help when you do this to take a day, to take a breath. And it takes just six seconds. Google this, right? Do a search. For your brain, your fight, flight, or freeze part of your brain to switch to your logical or thinking cap front part of your brain so that you can decide, is this something it's urgent right now that I have to get to and I have to make a decision on right away? Do I have to say yes to it right now? Can I take just a second, get in my logical part of my brain and go, hmm, you know what? I think I need to think about that. I'll get back to you tomorrow or later today, or, you know, this weekend or whatever. So remembering to pause is the number one thing that I teach parents. I teach entrepreneurs. I teach, you know, people raised or caring for their elderly parents and anybody. When you feel pressured, just chill, pause for a few minutes. Now, the first time I tried doing that, I couldn't get a, a good breath. I was so pressured and tight and tense. So I get it. I've been there. <sighs> It takes a minute to figure out how to do it. And six seconds could seem like an eternity. Well, and when, when I worked for the government, I worked in housing. And so we'd get these calls and, you know, every time a, a resident would call, of course, they were frantic all the time. And then we would get caught up in the frantic of the call. And so I, and then, and then we'd get new deadlines and projects and, you know, the things, just all the things. And I'd say, is it life or death? Because if it's life or death, they need to call 911. We can't do anything about life or death, like right. in this moment. And so uh, to pause like that, it's harder than people think because we're such, we're just trained to be so reactionary. Yes. And, and my husband is, has been in sales forever and he's an excellent salesman. And he always says, he who speaks first loses the most. Mm, that's good and, and and that's again the power of the pause like if you just pause for a moment then maybe you won't be the one that loses the most yes maybe you will hold it together how can you be a better leader don't be reactionary right I mean right. step one. Oh my gosh okay yeah. so we got to pause hand on mm-hmm. chest hand on stomach and breathe for six seconds a long time girlfriend but okay yeah don't no cheat yeah. you know you can turn six seconds into three really easy i know i've done it so <laughs> what do you do versus it okay. yeah <laughs> the next thing though that i recommend you doing when you pause take a take a minute and pause take even several minutes if you have the time and then make your write out your to-do list now personal to-do list professional to-do list those are you know each a thing right and then there's the extra to-do list the implied to-do list that other people, maybe you've set it up. So other people expect things of you that you have to do, but you've just been doing them and you haven't really thought about, Hmm, I don't really have to do those things. It's not something that's going to, you know, be necessary for my home life or for my work life. It's something I can get rid of. So make lists of those different to-do lists, 
set them aside, keep adding to them. Cause you can't just, you, you won't add everything in one day, one sitting you'll the next day I'll come. Oh, I should have put that on there. Oh, I forgot. I do this. Oh, I forgot. I do that. Oh, remember I do this thing. And I, so, you know, give it a good week to just jot down habits, you know, on your desk or, or in your, you know, on your kitchen counter or something and just jot notes of the things that you do bullet points and then go back to that later and itemize them, number them priority, kind of your top 10, 20 things, whatever it is. And then decide which things can you delegate that you really don't have to be doing and which things can you delete altogether? Some people can do this really quickly. Others like me, it took me weeks. And then once I even deleted or delegated some things, it took me even longer because some of our busyness is because of control. If we're admitting it, we like to be in control. We like to have control over some things. So when it's hard for people like me to delegate and then to literally give it away and not try to micromanage or control it. So that's, that's like step two. So on that being in control, and I'm, I'm just going to tattle on myself here. And I don't know if anybody out there can, um, relate to this. If you can, you know, write a review and put it in there. Jennifer, I related to that. Sometimes I want to be busy because if I'm not busy, people will think I'm not important. Mm-hmm. And, and it would happen a lot at work, right? So you always try to look busy because we lived in this, you had to work eight to five. I think we're slowly moving away from that, like project-based versus hourly kind of based work maybe not fast enough. I don't know, but there's that feeling of I have to be busy. And I know my husband, bless his heart. He tries to be supportive. He doesn't understand what I do, but you know, he tries to be supportive, (laughs) but he's, he's a realtor. He has specific things he has to do to keep, you know, to get the houses to closing and get showing set up and all the things. So he'll call me and he'll go. So what'd you do today? (laughs) And whether he means it or not, I take it as very judgmental, like I'm an entrepreneur, so it must not count. And I I find myself rattling off all the things I did that day. And it, okay, number one, he doesn't even know what it is, so he doesn't really care. But number two, why do I have to justify my existence? And I, I think we tend to get caught up in that busy to prove our self-worth, if not to somebody else, most of the time to ourselves. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. I think, I think absolutely. We do it to feel important and also to show other people that we're working. You know, when you're an entrepreneur and you have a home office, you walk all the way to your home office door and, you know, you go in and you shut the door and nobody else really knows what's going on or they're at work or, you know, wherever, they come home and oftentimes, you know, when my work day's done, all I have to do is walk out and there's the living room. And so I don't have a commute anymore like I used to. And so even if I've had an eight or nine or 10 or 12 hour a day, it doesn't seem necessarily to my husband or my son that I've been busy. You know, where have I been? I've just been in that office. What have I been doing in there? You know, just talking parents. Yeah. What are you doing in there all day? (laughs) I am over that. I'll tell you, it took years, but I am now over that. And so I'll say things like, oh, I talked three moms off the ledge. (laughs) I I helped four moms not feel guilty about having full-time jobs. 
you know, and being, and being pulled away from their kids. And I, you know, and so like, I'll say things like that, or I did three speaking engagements today where I served, you know, a thousand parents, working parents uh, in a room and help them feel, feel uh, like they can handle and tackle any behavior their kid throws their way and any, you know, judgment or, um, or uh, what's the word I was looking for from your boss, you know, like any new task or judgment from your boss or, or demand from your boss or whatever it is. So, yeah. And, and still feel like they can, there's no work-life balance. It's just, you know, like they can manage it all um, at work-life harmony, I guess. So yeah, it's a different way of responding, but we have to feel comfortable with that in, in, in our, for ourselves. And so pausing, paying attention to the signs around you, what is God or the universe trying to tell you that you aren't, you know, being still enough to listen to, and then, um, and really finding your, your passion and, and being confident in, in what that is, um, and not feeling like you have to stay busy just for the sake of being busy. And we don't, we don't. Okay. If, if our listeners walk away with one thing, we don't have to be busy for the sake of being busy. I get some of my most magical work done when I'm just watching TV. Like it'll look like I'm doing nothing, but my mind is going a thousand miles an hour. And I, and, and then I jot down and then I have an idea to, you know, for a podcast or to share with somebody else. So um, so many things going on all the, uh, all the way, all, all the way around. Yeah. And I can just say that now, you know, fast forward, how many years later, I, I'm, I still thrive off being busy, but I'm intentional about it and I'm confident about it. And I don't just say yes to everything. I say yes to the things that do selfishly feed me. And I know we'll, you know, return a favor or help someone else out. Um, I, maybe that's just age. I don't know. <laughs> Well, um, some wisdom comes with that, right? We, right. we lived on that roller coaster for a while, uh, whatever you call the, you know, working elsewhere. I, I've totally lost it now. I've been gone so long, girlfriend. It's not even there. We anymore. have been on all day, right? <laughs> with this pot of Palooza thing, man. <laughs> well, the pot of Palooza, but I mean, I've been off the, the work thing. You oh, know? What right. is it? You know, what do you do when you work all the time? What is that called? The it's not a roller coaster. It's a the race. I'm yeah, like, it's a rat race. Maybe rat race. it. Maybe the rat sure. race. I've been Let's away with that rat race so long, but it's you know giving yourself permission, and mm-hmm. I think we miss the fact that it's okay to have joy in what we do. I had some client calls this past week that were phenomenal, and the shifts and the impact and. I don't know that I ever made that impact in my career before, but I I get to do it now. I get to do it now. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So if I wanted to work with you, Jackie, how do I find you? How do I work with you? What do you have? What do you do? Well, the easiest, yeah, the one-stop shop place is my website and that's www.helloworldmn for Minnesota.com. So helloworldmn.com. Uh, and there's a free download on there. I like to teach that, you know, no problem parenting. Eventually we're going to have a no problem, uh, workforce or no problem, something, it'll be something to do, uh, with, uh, business management and supervising and all that, because it really works in both areas. So, um, but yeah, seek first to understand why is my child behaving the way they are, or why is my colleague right (laughs) behaving the way they are? And why am I responding or reacting the way I am? 
Step two is to prepare for the worst. When there's an unwanted behavior, chances are it's happening over and over and over again. We can be prepared for it so that we can respond versus react. And step three is to change the conversation. We are often giving way too much unconditional praise, whether it's to our kids or our colleagues, you know, we think, <laughs> oh, you know, just more and more praise. Well, we have to believe that from the inside out. So I teach about conditional praise, factual praise before the unconditional. Uh, I, I made the comment, I was with some friends last night for a birthday and I made the comment that I, I heard recently about how a marriage should be unconditional love. And I said, what, what, like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, maybe that needs to be another episode. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should I pull my husband on too? So he can weigh in on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because the conversation immediately went to, I, you know, you can do this, this, or this, I'm still going to love you. And I said, but just because you love him doesn't mean it's unconditional. So yeah. anyway, like that's a whole rabbit hole for fun. Um, Jackie, I have loved our time together and we're going to have to do this again. Cause I think there's so much more and so much deeper that we can go in Absolutely. all the things. Well, thank you. I so appreciate you accepting my invite to be on your show. I was very intrigued by you and I absolutely love everything you stand for in your mission. So I intend to follow and, and stay in touch. Uh, well, for sure. And we'll do more together. I am Jennifer Takagi with Destined for Success, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. Please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi and I look forward to connecting with you soon.